Well, hey, everybody. My name is Chris Reed, and I'm the director of biblical education here at the Tree. And I am typically the host here on the Tree Church Bible Study Podcast, and I'm super excited that you're joining us today. We are continuing to process through the book of Deuteronomy, and today we're picking up in Deuteronomy chapter 28. We have a lot of verses to go through today. I think there's 68 verses in this chapter. So I'm going to throw it straight to the conversation today, and I pray that you find enjoyment, blessing, and challenge in what we talk about today. At The Tree, we believe in creating unique spaces where we can gather together to spend time dedicated in worship. Chapel is a night for just that. Join us tonight at 7 p.m. for a time of worship and teaching. If you need childcare, you can register on the app. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Tree's Bible Study. It is, again, an honor and a privilege to be here with you to be talking through the Word of God and explaining it and figuring out how it applies to our lives and uh, what God has to say to us through it. Today I am joined by Pastor Matthew again. Hey, uh, it's good to be here, guys. to have you here with us. I love being And here. today, sorry, I was talking over you. That's all right. <laughs> and today we also have uh, Mary Stalter. Yes. Who, yeah, it's her first time on the, the podcast. So It's an honor to be here. So excited. Awesome. Welcome. Um, so let's just start off with, with you, Mary. Why don't love you uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself uh, how long you've been on staff, um, what you're doing here, and uh, you... What, what are, are you, you doing, doing here? here? <laughs> Chris is like, answer the burning questions. Someone's got to tell me, what is she doing here? <laughs> you've, you've been hanging around for years, and I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> so, And then just kind of what you love about what you do. So. Awesome. Yeah, I have been here three years. Uh, I think maybe six months of that, I was an intern, um, which I came kicking and screaming, if you've ever... My brother is Michael, Pastor Michael, um, and if you've ever met him, he is um, a lot in the sense <laughs> that if he wants something, he's going to find a way to get it, um, and so he he got me to come here for an internship um, through some pretty intense pressure, <laughs> but I came, interned for about six months, and then I originally was hired to do worship. Um, but the minute I was hanging out in the youth ministry and volunteering there, I was like, just kidding. This is where I need to be. And especially I have a, a real heart for junior high age. Um, and so I am the junior high director. So sixth through eighth grade, if you have a sixth through eighth grader, they're usually hanging out with me on Sunday night. So yeah, Mary, what, what I love about Mary and her personality, um, she is if you say something, she takes it like that's truth, which I appreciate. Yeah. I mean, you should. But I, I remember one time when she was in worship, she was an uh, assistant in the worship department. And uh, I said something to our staff like, hey, I want you guys to really be doing what you love. So if you feel called to a different position, let me know. And I, I genuinely meant it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I'm not exaggerating. I think it was that day. It was that day. Like she came <laughs> like, hey, can, you got a minute? And I have an open door <laughs> policy. So I'm like, yeah, you guys can always come in. She came in. She's like, I, I'm doing worship. I want to do youth. Yeah. And I was like, all right. And so, oh. <laughs> yeah, so we, we transitioned fairly quickly. With yeah, it was that. very and, quick. And uh, Mary just does a great job. My, my son Lincoln is a part of the junior high. And uh, every time he comes home from junior high, he, his uh, recap of the night includes Mary. Oh, it's yeah. some capacity, whether it's her teaching or something funny she did. He is just the biggest fan. Well, you know Mary. what's funny is when I give my recap, it usually includes Lincoln. Lincoln so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the junior high is uh, just so special and uh, to Mary. Um, when I was in youth ministry, I tolerated junior high yeah. until they got to <laughs> senior high. Mary loves the junior high yes. and tolerates 
to some degree the senior high because yeah. you're calling yes. us that. But no, it know. really is junior high. I will swear to this. They want to think you're cool. You don't have to do much <laughs> to convince them you're cool. And, you know, it's a real ego, ego boost. I would, yeah. you know, I would try it, you know. <laughs> For sure. When I substitute taught, uh -huh. uh, middle school was my favorite to teach. Really? Like, uh, yeah. There, there was still just a little bit a, a – they had a little bit of fear of you, so like they, yes. they generally respected yes. you. Yeah. Um, they didn't think they were too cool to to relate to you and to kind of connect with you. And um, so, and then at the same time, they were old enough you didn't have to babysit them. Mm -hmm. So, right. like, so it was like the best of both worlds for me. High schoolers, they wanted nothing to do with me. Yeah. But yeah, I, for me now, this is the truth. If I could go back and do youth ministry, it'd be completely different because I've had kids that have gone right. through junior high. Right. So at the time that I was in youth ministry, my kids were way young, and so I didn't understand. Now I understand junior hires, but uh -huh. they were so intimidating to me because their behavior was so like odd. What? In the, yeah, yeah, odd. Odd's yeah. a way to describe it because you're like, what in the world are right. you doing? And so I loved the senior high because they were more mature and and yeah. and they got my humor a little bit better. Uh, but yeah, junior high. Now I, I I can celebrate it. But they are still strange. They are. Yeah. They are. Like even <laughs> at, at camp this year, you just look out yeah. and see a group of them, and they're they're just bizarre. Yeah. Like what they find fun, what they do, and yeah. Yeah. It's like you take a ten-year-old and a fifteen-year-old and you blend them together, and then you just give them confusion. Yep. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, add a touch of confusion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's odd. And it is odd. I will say with the junior high. So I spend most of my time obviously with junior hires. It is that thing. They still fear you. They still want to be your friend. I'll like, you know, correct a junior hire and immediately. I mean, I have so many stories of like during the same conversation where they're like, I understand. Do you want to see my yo-yo? Like we're best <laughs> friends regardless. We're like senior high this summer camp. I had more experiences with the senior high. And there was one I had to like, I asked one to do something. They look at me and they're like, no. And I was like, that's never happened before. Yeah. <laughs> That's never happened to me before. Okay. Oh man, when you told me that story. Yeah. I mean, this is this is like we're back here, and <laughs> I, I wanted to go back in time and, and meet that senior hire who told you no. I was like. I'd love to have been there. Yeah. I'm like, there's a part of my personality still that's like, uh, what? Yeah. You're going to say what to an adult? I know. I was like, what do you do? What do you do? Yeah. I'm troubleshooting. But it all worked out. But it yeah. was that was a new experience for me. Mary just kept eye contact. And he eventually, I, he gave in. I was like, do you really want to do this? Yeah. The whole time I'm questioning myself. I was like, is this going to work? What no. do I do? Man, that's a super long flight home. Yeah, with your parents yeah. who have flown down here. <laughs> Yeah. Aired flights are expensive. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mary, what I, I'm excited to have you here. Um, one of my favorite things, <laughs> one of my favorite things about you is your humor, and mm -hmm. uh, look forward to you bringing that along with your biblical insight because you you do have, and we kind of talked about this ahead of time. You have um, you're willing to engage theological conversation, and you're willing yes. to engage biblical uh, biblical talk to. Um, just even to even to bring a different perspective, and so I'm excited to to what you have to bring to awesome. the podcast. Awesome, I'm excited. And she's also a Giacomoni yeah. who will engage any com <laughs> any conversation with unwavering confidence, even if they have no yeah. idea what it's about. I don't know what that's about. It's got to be in our you DNA. And Michael, I don't it know. Is. You guys like like the term you use is it used to come in hot. Yeah, come and because uh, you have a couple times where I've teased you about it, where like she just comes in and I'm like, like the, she'll come in with such conviction, she'll give your whole argument, and then you're like. 
yeah, but what about this? And she's like, okay, okay, I, right, I see what you're saying now. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and Michael's the same way too. Michael comes in hot yeah. at times, but uh, I love it. I a love good the, example the of that is the time that I was like, someone just told me there's the same amount of caffeine in an apple that there is in a full cup of coffee. <laughs> I told so many people that. I told everybody that. And then someone was like, a simple Google search will show you that's not true. And I was like, okay, <laughs> please ignore everything I say. And when Mary comes in hot, like especially to Michael, he just goes, oh, yeah. and he knows that she's wrong, he'll go, yeah, tell me tell more. Me more about he that. lets you dig like a deeper hole so that when he <laughs> brings the truth, it's like that much yeah. more dramatic. You feel this big. Yeah, like, exactly. Okay. <laughs> hey, conviction plus humility. That's what, yeah. that's what you got to go with. All right. So typically we start off with our, our um, with our kind of get to know you question, and then um, we'll get into the verses. I will let you know today we are going to be reading a lot of scripture. We have 68 verses to cover in today's passage. And so um, for those of you who have been listening for a long time and we spend 45 minutes on two verses, um, don't don't worry. We're still going to try to keep it within an hour here. So um, but to get started here, let's just start with this question. If you could rename yourself, what name would you pick and why? Mary, let's start with you. Dang it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, something about me is that. okay, so I just got married two years ago ish. And it took me exactly that amount of time to convince myself to change my last name, which is like classic, like you're supposed to do that or like it's standard. And so the whole changing, I was looking at it and I was like, man, I was so in love and excited to be a part of a new family unit. And I still didn't want to change my name. But if I could change it to anything, like go back in time and this was always my name. um, And this sounds ridiculous, but... I think maybe I'll have like two people that might agree with me that it's cooler than my current name. My mom recently told me that they were going to name me McLaren. <gasps> That's so cool. So I wish I could have been that. I feel like That's I would have cool been name. a cooler person. I would have had the embodiment of a cooler person, you know? Yeah, well, uh, I hope my wife's not offended because you're making fun of her name too. Stop. Mary, we're one. I we really, I honestly thought you were going to say, I, if I could go back in time, I would not have changed my name. Yeah, I, was I like, would be. Mary, this is not the place for that conversation. I hope my husband yeah. does not listen to this. No. Yeah. Very well, happy to be a stalter. When we were, people would be shocked at some of the stuff we talk about uh, in, in the office. But uh, when you came in and we were talking about that, I hope I'm not like speaking out. Oh, no. Here. You, when she was ahead. talking about that, she's like, um, she's like, you know, every every woman takes a man's name, they yeah. lose her name, and she's like, I just want to keep my name. And then, I don't know if you had heard someone say, yeah, it, but I had, you were like, I had seen something, and I was like, <gasps> but my name is a is a, a man's, man's name. name. Yeah, it's my dad's name, and like, so she really was having this turmoil about it. It was kind of funny. I was like watching. I was like, oh wow, she's she's really folding in on herself. And I'm also I'm an outward processor. I'm you an external now, processor, yeah, so sure. they know what I'm thinking most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> Abigail has actually. She asked me the other day. She's like, Dad why can't I keep my last name? I'm like, yeah. no, it's just what we don't do. I, I, it's it's always can. been that way. You can, yeah. but then you get a hyphen and it's confusing yeah. to people. And then like, and taxes know. are harder and, and yeah. it's, <laughs> it's frustrating. You have to have an understanding husband. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So Matthew, what about you? Well, I have, I have a unique situation. Um, people, probably a lot of people don't know this. Uh, me and my brothers all share a name. So we're all Robert. So I am Robert Matthew, and Chris is Robert Christopher. Daniel is Robert Daniel, and um, I, I just think that's the stupidest thing in the world. So, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's super confusing for, and not so much anymore, but it was growing up. It's confusing. Like I have a, this is a true story. Uh, we were all in college. We all had credit cards uh, at that time. Like I remember, I had a three hundred dollar limit on my credit card until like 
deep into marriage. Like we just I never see. had credit, like deep yeah. credit, but it was always convenient just in case, you know, that buffer. Mm -hmm. But we all had a Visa credit card. So my dad is Robert, my, us, me and my brothers are Robert. And uh, so this person called and said, I need to speak to Robert Johnson. And I said, well, which one? And they said, well, we can't tell you. And I said, well, what company are you calling from? They said, from Visa. And I said, okay, well, we all have Visa cards. Can you give me a middle initial? And they're like, we're not allowed to, to talk about it. And I said, well, then I can't tell you who, you know, I can't get the right, right. person on the phone. And, and uh, they said, well, just have every single person call their credit card company because it's important. And uh, so it ended up being one of my brothers. But uh, so it, that's just a headache. So I'm actually still considering dropping Robert and just keeping Matthew. Now, and yeah. what's funny, when I, when I told that to our staff, some of them, they're like, oh, okay, so what's going to be your middle name? And I think they made the assumption I was going to add a middle name, and I'm yeah. like, no, I'm just no, going to be. No, I still just fully Matthew. have this assumption. <laughs> yeah. Just I would just be Matthew, Matthew Johnson, no middle name. Um, yeah, but if I had to change Matthew, uh, I think I would go like Old Testament biblical like Jehoshaphat. Like yeah. I just think that's like such a rad name. Um, I think Hezekiah is a super I cool name. Yeah, absolutely, I love the name cool. Josiah. Like th those names all have like. Like Elijah is such a cool name. Your son, yeah. Elijah. Like, it just has such a, a richness to it. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I've never met another Jehoshaphat. So, like, if, <laughs> if someone is certainly unique. It is <laughs> unique, right? And uh, so I, I do realize it's also a name that you can turn into a lot of uh, funny yeah. names. Like, yeah. anything with the word fat in it. It's right. Like, yeah. it, Pastor you, Fat. Yeah. So, <laughs> exactly right. But What up, Fatty? Even, even the way you said it, it sounded cool to me. It I'm did. Like, it oh, sounds kind of yeah. dope. Yeah. So, how about you, Chris? Oh, man, I am... So I'm the type of person that changes my furniture around like every three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I feel like I would, I've had different seasons where I would choose different names for myself. Uh, there was a season where I thought Corey or Cody would have been a cool name to have. Um, I don't know why, but <laughs> just, I, I think. Sticking with the C theme, I yeah, see. Yeah, with the C <laughs> theme. <laughs> Corey, because one of my favorite baseball players growing up was Corey Snyder. And he played for Cleveland Indians. They were terrible, but he was probably one of my favorite baseball players. So, like, I always remember as a young kid being like, man, I wish my name was Corey. Mm -hmm. um, oddly enough, I have a cousin named Corey, so that would have been highly confusing. Sure. But, um, and oddly enough, I have a cousin named Chris. So, I have a cousin that I share a name with. Yeah. So, I guess it wouldn't have been that weird. You know what's weird about names is the moment you know someone – there's no way to say this otherwise, yeah. but the, you know someone that you don't like or yeah. that's kind of annoying that has a name, like that name is ruined yes. for you, yeah. isn't it? It like, is the new, that is what that name means. Yeah, so like yeah. as you're saying Corey and Cody, I'm thinking of Corey and Cody of people I've met in the past that I don't like. Yeah. Sure. You know, I have some that I like that have that name and others I don't, and I'm like, it's just weird how it, it totally impacts. Yeah. I, I've heard people that are in teaching, it's really hard for them oh, to I'm name sure. their kids yeah. because they've had so many students with names and yeah. they, they yeah. connect it to them. And, yeah. and then I think I would go with I think I would go with like along the lines of what you're thinking. Like I was thinking Hezekiah, Josiah, I really like those names with meaning. But then um, the more I understand like where my name come from and, and what what my name means, um, I like it. So yeah. like what's your name? Mean? Uh, so Christopher means Christ bearer. Oh, very so cool. it's uh, I, I really like the meaning behind it. And so I, that's kind of what I. Yeah. I think I'd stick with it. So my name means gift from God. I know um, that. What's yours? Do you know, I'm 100 years old. That's what it means? No. Mary <laughs> Abigail, though, come oh. on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is hey. your real name Abigail? It is. Okay. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Great yeah. name. Named one of my children after yes. uh, after that name. So After me. Here's after another, you. <laughs> yeah, here's another, I didn't know you at the time. <laughs> right. Here's but another yeah. weird thing about names. And maybe this is just me. I can know two people. So I know you and Mary. You're yeah. both on staff with the exact same name. And it doesn't, in my mind, seem like the same name. No. 
You know what I mean? Like, no, so I totally agree. Like, even now as I'm speaking, I'm like, oh, yeah, you guys have the same name. But it doesn't register that because you yeah. so connect in your mind different emotions and feelings mm -hmm. and stories and memories with that person. person. And here's even another weird thing. When I see a vehicle that someone drives, so, like, you have, like, a, yeah. a red Honda. Like, that vehicle becomes a part of the person. Yep. So, like, when I see people drive their vehicle, it takes on, so, like, a name, vehicle, it's weird how it you just connect it. It just makes sense. It does, like, That right. is that person. It totally yes. does, yeah. Until they buy something new, and then it yeah, messes but it all then it changes. Up. And then we all have to readjust. Yeah. Right. How inconvenient. <laughs> all right, so let's jump into these passages. And like I said, I'm just going to warn you, we're going to read large chunks of Scripture today, and then uh, we'll just talk about these large chunks in in kind of overview of them, uh, just because we've got so much to cover. So here. during this portion, they need to switch the it to like 1.1, 1.2, 1.3 speed. Yeah, if you want to listen to it faster, you're not going to offend us. So <laughs> if you didn't know, podcast theory 101, if you didn't know, you can get to about 1.1, 1.2, and you cut off about, I don't know, it's, it's minutes of, of yeah, a podcast. Sure. So, yeah. um, and, and it's not offensive to the, to the people to listen to it at a faster speed. So side note. First one of chapter 28. And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Then all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. If you obey the voice of the Lord your God, blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground and the fruit of your cattle the increase of your herds and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed, blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before you. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your barns and in all that, that you undertake. And he will bless you in the land that the Lord your God has given you. The Lord will establish you as a people holy to himself as he has sworn to you if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. And all of the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will make you abound in prosperity in the fruit of your womb and in the fruit of your livestock and in the fruit of your ground within the land that the Lord, your, the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will... The Lord will open to you his good treasury, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season and bless all the work of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you shall only go up and not down. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, being careful to do them. And if you do not turn aside from any of the, the words that I command you today, to the right hand or to the left to the to go after other gods to serve them all right so um just to kind of bring context back in real quick before we get talking about this this is part of a section of of the book of deuteronomy where where last week we talked about the curses if they disobey the covenant if they fall uh, if they fail to live up to the guidelines of the relationship with god the curses would happen now today we're starting out with if you live up to the to these guidelines, if you live up to the commandments that I put before you, God's promise to to be your God, God's promise to be your people, uh, to to lead your people, right. God's promise to bless you will come uh, will come true. And so, rooted in this is really the truth. 
that, that life and joy and blessing and peace, really all the things that we want from our lives, flows out of not just knowing God, but walking in yeah. a faithful relationship with God. So this was key to Israel. Uh, the question that I want to kind of talk about and, and where I want to go with this is, is we have lost this idea of, of blessing being tied to our relationship with God in our right. culture. Um, we want the blessing still. We still yeah. want this, yeah. this life, this uh, or blessed life, but um, we, we've forsaken the idea that, that that is rooted in the relationship with God. So how do we go about reinstituting that, or how, how do we get our minds around that the two are tied together? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the way you said it about our culture is our culture has become so self-focused and self-centered and and really disconnected from reality in that and we talk about this a lot on sundays any culture that believes they can create truth mm -hmm. has become a, a really arrogant culture because it, it, well, i'll say it this way in one sense they just believe there's not a god so if there's right. not a god and then in that sense you can create standards and whatever right. you want for that well you have to create truth you have right. to right and so you have to define it so i, I get that to a certain point but in our culture, when what we want, it, it's really that weird dynamic because we've all heard it. We want to deny God. We want to reject God. We want to then create our own truth, act however we want. But then when bad things happen, we either want to blame God, curse God, or say that's the reason why I don't believe in God. Right. And, yep. and that, that's the, the inconsistency in our culture that I want to say, okay, no, you can't, you can't ask the question why do bad things happen to good people and now I'm mad at God if you don't actually believe in God and right. don't want to obey God and don't right. want to follow God? Because if you take a step back and are just being logical and you believe that there is a God, then your response first would be, well, I know I'm not God. Right. <laughs> so let's right. just begin there. I'm not God. So if there is a God, He defines truth. He sets the mm -hmm. standards. He's created the game. He sets the rules. And, and so then I need to figure out what does He want? Then, when I start to understand that and realize the God of the Scriptures, who's the real God, is a benevolent God. He is okay. so generous, and but He has said these two things are connected. Your behavior has consequences. It's the series we just got out of in Kings. Your choices have consequences. What you choose to do. So, like uh, the Scripture that I, a friend of mine was just teaching on it this past week, and so I was listening to his sermon, and he referenced the verse in, in uh, Hebrews. And, and when I when he referenced it. I thought about like that is such a simple verse that has shaped my theology mm -hmm. and it's it's Hebrews 11:6 so he says without faith it is impossible to please God for those who want to draw near to him must believe two things and here's the two things they have to believe they have to believe that God exists and that he blesses those who obey him yeah. now think mm -hmm. about the simplicity of that verse that is so encompassing he's like first of all you can't please God if you don't have faith in God. Right. right. So that's where it begins. And then this we have to believe. God exists and he blesses those who obey him. That is the foundation of my theology. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and so we have a tension in the church world of the prosperity gospel. Sure. This yeah. message, God wants everyone to be healthy, rich, yeah. and, and that's not what we're talking about. But when I preach, I feel that tension at times because I'm thinking if someone doesn't know better, they might think I lean to an extreme of prosperity. I don't. But I do have the deep conviction, obedience always brings blessing. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what we have to get back to is first believing that yep. God is real, that He can set the standards, that He sets the standards mm -hmm. for our lives. And <laughs> when I follow those standards, because He's a loving Father, He blesses. Right. And, and I think that's what we often miss is God can't bless sinful behavior without becoming 
gross. Right. Like, if God blessed yeah. destructive behavior, nobody would look at that God and say like, ooh, that's yeah. someone worth following. Right. Yeah, and, and I really think you mentioned the tension that we have. I, I think grace, people wonder where does grace come into that? Where does, uh, for lack of better terms, sh uh, struggle and strife for people who are being obedient? It, grace comes in in the fact that God in, initiates and invites the relationship in the first place, that God yeah. promises to, um, to bring you into relationship in the first place. We talked about this a little bit last week, the idea that, that these guidelines and these standards, it, them living up to it wasn't, um, wasn't the cause of the relationship with God. God approached them right. out of his love and his graciousness and kindness. He approached them to, to start the relationship he is the one who sustains the relationship, and yeah. he's the one who's faithful in the relationship, and he is the one who forgives and, and allows you to stay within the relationship even when you are bearing the consequences yep. mm -hmm. of, of making bad decisions. And so um, the grace and the, the idea that there are still consequences to our actions are not in competition to each other. Yeah, yeah the, the phrase that I use often is there's no grace in sin. Right. There's grace from sin. Like right. the, the person who wants to continue to live in a sinful lifestyle and expect, now I want to be clear what I'm saying. You can, you can continually commit sin and go back and receive grace. That's not right. I'm not saying that that's not available. But the person who wants to say, my behavior, though it's sin, it's okay. I'm just going to live in sin, but I expect God's grace in enough, in a sense that I want him to, to continue to bless me. That person is incredibly arrogant and naive. Mm -hmm. uh, a loving father does not give grace for yeah. their children to continue to destroy their lives. I mean, like any person in authority understands that. Like, like when we, you know, we just took the team on a, the camp, we're in charge of those kids. Like we're not going to allow them. Like there was, you know, kids did behaviors and there was consequences. Yeah. Like Mary had to you know, tell kids, this is going forward now. You've lost this privilege and you've lost this thing. And we don't do that out of meanness, and it has nothing to do with grace because we can forgive them, but there are still consequences right. to your choices. Yeah. Well, and that's what I was going to ask you, Mary. Like, yeah, you, sh you shared a story about someone who just kind of stared at you. Right. Why did you create the guidelines that you created for, for the, the camp time? Did you do it because you, you're mean? No. <laughs> no. You know, no, no. Yeah. It's, I don't it's think you're too, mean. I just yeah, want to be yeah, clear yeah. about that. <laughs> no, but it is to, one, capitalize on the time that we're there. Um, right. Like, you're there for a purpose. You're there to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus. You're there to go deeper in community and healthy community. And if you're you know, bringing out your phone, like these little things that kids like don't quite understand sometimes if you're bringing out your phone or you're not coming to each place, like it's for your safety. It's for the betterment of the week. It's for you to capitalize on the time you have here. It's all for good. It just doesn't always feel so good. And I think that when it comes to like not understanding, like sometimes a child's like, I don't understand why I'm not allowed to have my phone out. Right. And it's right. like, I promise you, you don't have to understand, but you just have to trust me. But that's the disconnect with culture too. And this is what I was thinking the whole time, even you were speaking on that about how faith like is one of right. the main things you need. That is such a break in even the generation that is coming up right now. That's that is where the breaks has started is I just cannot trust something I don't understand yeah. or I just mm. cannot trust that. OK, you, yes, you've said this is a role, 
but I don't understand why. And sometimes you don't have to understand why. The thing that you need to understand is that it's because it's wiser than you, because God has what he has for you and he has a purpose for you. And this is what you need to do uh, to get to point Z. A hundred percent. I mean, yeah. we know this, the Western mindset is different than even the Eastern mindset. So in the mm -hmm. Eastern mindset, they're comfortable with the unknown. They're right. comfortable with the, the mystery. They're comfortable with two ideas that might be competing. The Western mindset is more of the one that's trying to understand. And I totally agree with you. We want to fully understand God yeah. and not just understand. We want to know why, why behind it and we want to agree with it. Mm -hmm. And so, again, that is such an arrogant posture to say, I have to fully understand a God. Yeah. I mean, like that to me is illogical, but I have to understand. And then I have to agree with his, his choices and his commands. When I, when again, if I just take a step back, I go, if I'm believing what is said in the scriptures, this God was so dynamic. He was able to speak the universe right. into existence through. Mm -hmm. So that's showing his power, his wisdom. He also continues to have an eternal perspective that we can't because right, right. now we're limited mm -hmm. in, in the, in the temporary of being in the physical. And so his perspective is going to be different. And, and we have to get to a place where we're, we're totally comfortable. I, I agree with mm -hmm. what I'm saying to say, you know what, I might not understand and I might not agree, but I'm comfortable right. with, with trusting you. And, and that's for me, I, everyone that listens for the most part knows I'm a father of four. I will say to my kids at times, I will try to explain the why, but if they're like, oh, I still don't get it. I'm like, I don't need you right. to get right. it, to obey you me. To obey. You're just gonna do it at right. this point because I'm bigger than you and because like <laughs> you live in my yeah. house. And which I actually, Two of my sons are taller than me, but I still got them by weight. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, but I've even said that to them. I've said that to them in the past of like, yeah. I don't I don't need you to understand me. Or this phrase, I'm sure they're, they're sick of it. I'll be saying something to them like to do this, and they start to engage, and I'll go like in the middle of their talking, I'll cut them off and go, it wasn't a question. Yeah. Like I wasn't yeah. asking for a response. I'm telling you to do something. Go and do it now, and then later on, if you want to have a conversation about it, I'll explain the why. But I need you to trust me. In the, and regardless, you're going to obey me. Well, right. and I think, and I think that that rolls back to not only is God, not only is God all powerful, not only is God, um, not only is God all powerful, and not only is God like um, strong enough and stronger than the nation. He has the ability to wipe them out, but really, it's rooted in the, the intention. The, the right. trust comes from God's intention, and and you said it in the the Hebrews mm -hmm. passage. God's intention is to, to bring life. Yeah. And, and your Absolutely. rules for camp were to bring life right. and joy to the students. And, and even you as a father, like I know you said you're bigger than them, but like my, my understanding of, of you as a father, and, and this is my intention, it, you need to trust me because my intention for you is that you have life. Yeah. And, it, it, and that the family, not just you yourself, because your definition is, is self-focused, mm -hmm. but for the community for the family yeah. for everybody involved right you need to participate in this because this is what will bring life so that everybody can experience joy and and sure. blessing yeah mary used the phrase i, I wrote in my notes as it started i love i love the simplicity of it because it, it she said do you want to capitalize on it that's the reason why god gives rules he wants right. us to capitalize on life yeah so we, we are in a world broken by sin which means it's always going to be an imitation mm -hmm. of how we were really designed to right. live. And so when God commands, it's, and I've, I've challenged people, there's not a single command in scripture that you can find that is for the sole purpose of limiting enjoyment yeah. or mm -hmm. blessing or anything like that. It's all based on design. And what happens is if you will walk in obedience, 
you will then capitalize on the life. And that's the, the tension is we think our own perspective is best. And so we'll capitalize if we walk in our own perspective. And I'm like, I'm sorry, it's not. And so like even with my kids, I, I, I realize I'm not the perfect father. I'm broken by sin. But I can say this with, with genuine conviction. I've never once made a rule up just simply to hurt my kids. Right. Right. And, and, and there are times I make rules I don't understand. And I might at times make rules that maybe I could have done better, but I just sure. know my own heart. I've yeah. never once just been like, you've had too much fun and I'm jealous and right. I don't want you to have more fun, <laughs> so now stop. But I have seen them in their body language. And that, yeah. those are the things like, we all know this, like with people around us, you're real in tune with your own emotions. Like, yeah. and I, I'm not trying to throw you on the spot, no. but you'll talk about, you're just, you're just sensing in your own self, I need to, to get a break away. Yep. Yeah. And as parents, we'll look at our kids and go, you need, you need a break. Like, you need a break. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, so our daughter stayed over at your house this week and she came to the gym in the morning. We're all working out. So she came in with you. She walked over to me. I could tell by her face, just looking at her, I'm like, she needs to get more sleep yeah. and she's going to be emotionally charged yep. today. So we had to put rules around her for that day so that she could capitalize on life right. because right. otherwise she's going to be a terror. A terror I mean, yeah. it's going to be really hard for her. Yes. She knows it. And, and she even said, she walks up to me and she goes, I'm so tired. And I'm like, yeah, yep. it's going to be rough. <laughs> but yeah. And I know, like I was saying, like Mary, we'll, we'll talk about that. Like she's in tune with her own emotions, mm -hmm. knowing how she is wired. She has to do certain things. I don't know if you want to talk to that or not but yeah I mean there does come a point where like looking introspectively and coming to that conclusion before the break happens right. um, like before it's forced um, it's I mean wise like you putting rules on yourself even like I know t for me to be the healthiest person of myself like I love being around people I love community but there is a point where it's like I can't anymore and I need like a day where I'm not being around people where I'm not you know, pouring out socially or emotionally, mm -hmm. and I'm just really taking time for um, me. I'm a quality time person with Kyle, very specifically, um, and so like making like my husband, making sure that I'm spending time with him. Um, and it is too. Then when I come back to work or when I come back into an event or leaving on a trip with the youth group, then I can be the best version of myself. I can pour out the best time. I can capitalize on that experience because I have, you know, listened to my body, listened to what I need and done those things and put those things in place. Right, and we had a, a great conversation. Um, I, I love having conversations with Mary. Like I genuinely do. I'm not saying just because she's on the, the Bible study. But we were talking about this week, even your personality. We we're talking about um, liking to chill, relaxing. Yeah. But you know, she she said, and, th and in my mind, I was like, that's such a a healthy a person who is self aware, and I mm -hmm. and I like that. I celebrate that. She said, I want to on Friday. Friday is our day off. Mm -hmm. Friday, I want to get my house. Like I will deep clean my yes. house so that I can chill on yes, Saturday. And I was like, I, I can relate to that mindset yes. of like, get everything out of the way so that you can fully chill. Now, my wife would laugh if she heard that because I, I don't want to deep clean. I right. just, just want to get everything, I just want to chill. Mary's like, since when? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, I, but again, being to that point, that is maturity when you go, you know what, I realize I am designed a certain yeah. way. Right. And so when you can understand how you're designed, and that's what scripture gives us, it gives us insight into how we're designed. Yeah. Right. Because and like you can make the mistake and keep trying something and fall into a rut and you don't even know why. Why am I frustrated? Why mm -hmm. are, are me and my spouse fighting? Why, why are relationships going bad? And it's because you're operating in a way you're not designed to right. operate. Right. So sometimes you get the self-awareness, you figure it out on your own, but, but there are some deep principles in scripture that God gives us 
where he's explaining, no, this is how you're designed. Yeah. So like on major issues, when we talk about sexuality, we talk mm -hmm. about finances, we talk about time management and, and how we are designed to have rest. When you start to understand these principles and put them into operation, you are designed to live that way. So you will naturally experience a better quality of life. Right. But then on top of it, what he's promising is supernatural blessing. And, and that is what blessing means. God is supernaturally giving his favor to you. Right. He's, he, so he's with you and he's involved in that. And that is, I mean, again, what a generous God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you can look at it and think like, well, I need to understand God. You, know, you don't, just understand this. He is so yeah. gracious mm -hmm. to engage his, his people who are rebellious people. I'm included in that. <laughs> and yet God just gives grace upon grace. And, yeah. and I'm so thankful for that. Yeah, and, and, and honestly, it leads us to what we're going to get ready to read to, moving on to verse 15. The, the idea that God is going to allow curses to happen is a gift from God. And, and, and because I think, I know it's this way for me, when it, especially when it revolves around trying to eat healthy. And if mm -hmm. I'm trying to eat healthy, the, the biggest thing that trips me up, and I think the thing that trips us up as humans in, in almost every area is the the no immediate consequence thing mm -hmm. right so yeah. like so well, like yeah. it's it it's okay for me to eat an ice cream cone um and if i have one every night and then if i have two a day you know what i'm saying like it's that slow fade away from the design the the thing right. that's healthy because there's no immediate consequence and when you wake up 10 years later and yeah. you're <laughs> now reaping the consequence of eating three ice cream cones a day you know what right. i'm saying so god wakes us up from that and, and gives us consequence as a gift of grace yeah. to lead us back to mm -hmm. the place of life. And so For sure. um, I'm going to read through these verses now. We've got another big chunk of scripture here. So um, picking up in verse 15, but if you will not obey the voice of the Lord your God or be careful to do all his commandments and his statutes that I command you today, then all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. Cursed shall you be in the city and cursed shall you be in the field. Cursed shall you be Cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground, the increase of your herds and the young of your flock. Cursed shall you be when you come in, and cursed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will send you send on you curses, confusion, and frustration in all that you undertake to do until you are destroyed and perish quickly on account of the evil of your deeds, because you have forsaken me. The Lord will make the pestilence stick to you until he has consumed you off of the land that you are entering to take possession of it. The Lord will strike you with wasting disease and with fever, inflammation and fiery heat and with drought and with blight and with mildew. They shall pursue you until you perish and the heavens over your head shall be bronze and the, the, earth, the earth under your feet shall be iron. The Lord will make the rain, the Lord will make the rain on your land powder from heaven, dust shall come down and you on you until you are destroyed. <laughs> what an awful yeah. description. <laughs> You're like, oh. Man, it, it gets worse as we go here. So uh, buckle up. Buckle up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The Lord will cause uh, cause you to be defeated before your enemies. You shall go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them, and you shall be a whore to all the kingdoms of the earth. And your dread and your dead, dead body, sorry. It shall be, f there's a lot of words to, to kind of mm -hmm. bleed together. Yeah, if you need a tap out, let me know. I can, okay. I can pick up. Um, <laughs> and your dead body shall be food for all the birds of the air and for the beast of the earth, and there shall be no one to frighten them away. And the Lord will strike you on the boy, strike you, <laughs> see, I, I lost my line here. The Lord will strike you on, on the, 
with the boils of Egypt. Yeah, I'm going to let you take up at 27 there. <laughs> Man, I'm fumbling. And with tumors and scabs and itch. Oh, thanks for giving me that one, Chris. <laughs> You're welcome. Of which you cannot be healed. Uh, where am I going all the way? To? You're going to verse 44. <laughs> all right. All right, so buckle up, everyone. The Lord will strike you with madness and blindness and confusion of mind, and you shall grope at noonday as the blind grope in darkness, and you shall not prosper in your ways. And you shall be openly oppressed and robbed continually, and there shall be no one to help you. You shall betroth a wife, but another man shall ravish her. You shall build a house, but you shall not dwell in it. You shall plant a vineyard, but you shall not enjoy its fruit. Your ox shall be slaughtered before your eyes, but you shall not eat any of it. Your donkey shall be seized before your face, but you shall not be, and shall not be restored to you. Your sheep shall be given to your enemies, and there shall be no one to help you. Your sons and your daughters shall be given to another people while your eyes look on and fail with longing for them all day long, but you shall be helpless. A nation that you have not known shall eat up the fruit of your land and of all your labors, and you shall be only oppressed and crushed continually, so that you are driven mad by the sights that uh, your eyes see. The Lord will strike on, on uh, strike you on the knees and and on the legs with grievous boils of which you cannot be healed from the sole of your feet to the crown of your head. The Lord will bring you and your king whom you set over you to a nation that neither you nor your fathers have known. And there, shall, and there you shall serve other gods of wood and stone and you shall become a whore and a proverb and a byword among all the peoples where the Lord will lead you away. You shall carry much seed into the field and shall gather in little for the locusts shall consume it. You shall plant vineyards and dress them, but you shall neither drink of the wine nor gather the grapes, for the worm shall eat them. You shall have olive trees throughout all your territory, but you shall not anoint yourself with oil, for the olives shall drop off. Your, you shall father sons and daughters, but they shall not be yours, for they will go into captivity. The cricket shall possess all your trees and the fruit of your ground. The sojourner who is among you shall rise higher and higher above you, and you shall come down lower and lower. He shall lend to you, and you shall not lend to him. He shall be the head, and you shall be the tail. So, <laughs> we need to, put that to on summarize greedy. that, <laughs> you're going to have a bad day. You're going <laughs> For sure, man. <laughs> That's the best summary ever. Like, you're going to yeah. have a terrible you're day. You're going to have a bad day. So we talked about how the relationship with God was the was the the foundation for all blessing. So when the relationship is betrayed, when the relationship is forsaken, it pretty much just undoes all that the relationship provided. If you notice in there, right. there is like like the exact mm -hmm. opposite of what the blessings were in in a lot of different ways. And and so what are some of the practical ways that that you have seen this this idea of of blessing coming out of the relationship, but curses also coming from the forsaking of the relationship that you've seen this play out in your own lives. Mary, why don't you go ahead and give us an example? Um, here. A big one I would say is in marriage. So um, a big thing is like with my marriage in particular, we would find that like when we were being obedient to like what marriage is supposed to look like, serving each other, putting each other first and both of us submitting to each other and that being our core goal, there was blessing. We were getting along. There was fun. There was life in our marriage. And it was like, like so evident every single time this happened, we would start, I don't know why, but we would both start to fight for ourselves after a minute where like we started 
measuring things and like you know what like if he's not gonna fight for my needs I'll fight for him and he was doing the same things and all of a sudden it turned extremely inward and we're both like fighting for our rights and Mm. our needs and it would get so volatile quickly Mm -hmm. like it was we no longer had like all the promises that like and all the blessings or all the blessings that God was like pouring onto our marriage and all the fun and the laughter and the the good things and the good fruit that was coming from our marriage it it turns rotten quick and it's like the minute you can look at it and say like okay like we're not being obedient at all like there's not blessing coming from this there's Mm -hmm. not greatness and the beautiful things that marriage can be look at what you're doing look at your life and look how you're serving your spouse and how you're looking at your own needs in the relationship Mm -hmm. the minute that turns extremely inward both of you the blessing where where could it come from at that point it's you're fighting for yourself and it quickly turns volatile yeah, I mean, Mary, obviously just talked about the specific of, of one dynamic, which is so yeah. big when you're in marriage. It's like a critical part. Mm-hmm. But that that same truth applies to every other area of your life mm-hmm. is the moment you take your eyes off of what God has commanded and what you're designed, you are then left on your to your own devices. And, right. and I think there's when we look at the, the curses, what you clearly see is one, there's just the natural consequence of life without God's protection. Right. right. So like what he's describing some elements of this are just going to, I would say a lot of this, a majority of what he just described, you can look at it and go like, good grief, that sounds harsh. Yeah. But when you actually look at it and go, well, that's that's a world broken right. by sin. So right. like, that's what every nation is experiencing. Whatever nation gets bigger and stronger, they oppress the other nations. Right. Like That's just life. That's just the, the world. So you see there is natural consequence mm-hmm. to disobedience. When what, what I'm saying about that is, when you dis- disobey, you're asking God to remove his supernatural protection and favor mm-hmm. from it. So now you are left to mm-hmm. yourself to defend yourself, right. to be the right. strongest, to be the, the provider and all that. But then there is an added layer where God's saying, but I'm supernaturally going to also have consequence to that right. because I love you. So like for me as a father with my kids, they'll make choices and they're going to experience the nat- natural consequence of those choices. Like um, I know these are conversations I've literally had. I, I never want to expose my kids because I don't want them to resent me being a dad. So this right. is, sure. I'm being speaking in vague terms here, but there have been times my kids have done behaviors that, you know, someone else gets mad at them or, or they have consequence with a teacher or they get a bad grade because they didn't study. Like you look at it and go, that's just natural consequence, right? right? Mm-hmm. And so like, I want them to learn from natural consequences. That's, that is what it is. You know, like I've said to my kids in the past about sports, like, just know your playing time is going to be directly proportional to your practice time right. in, mm-hmm. in the offseason. Okay, so that's natural consequence. But as a father, I'll also take it up a notch and say, oh, you, you disobeyed mom, you disobeyed a teacher, uh, you hit your sibling. So you're going to have natural consequence from that, like your sibling hits you back. Natural consequence, right? right? But you're also going to be grounded. Yeah. And yeah. so now there is the, the fatherly stepping in in those consequences, and that's what God is saying. But again, what's the motivation? Sure. Right. The motivation is God loves you. Right. His motivation in all of the curses is to get you back to a place right. of obedience. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I always explain is if supernatural, if, if blessing is God's supernatural favor, curses is God's supernatural resistance, but both of them have the identical purpose. The purpose of God is He wants you to walk in obedience. So if you're walking in obedience, blessing upon blessing so that you will continue walking right. in obedience. Mm-hmm. If you're walking this direction in disobedience, God's curses is to get your attention, to turn yep. you around, 
so that you walk in the direction where He can bless you. Right. So yeah. think about His compassion. Is right. He saying, I don't want to bless you in disobedience where you hurt and you face the natural consequences. Mm -hmm. right. I want to turn you so that you can experience not only the natural blessings, but then the supernatural blessings. And, and that's what I, I think is so beautiful about it. It's harsh when you read this. I mean, right. even as like, right. we're reading through this, I'm like, I mean, he even at one point said, like, you're going to swell up. Like, there's going to be inflammation. <laughs> yeah. like, I just thought, like, of all the things. You're going to have yes. swollen ankles. Or, like, yeah, when he exactly. says, like, their food, the worms are going to get it. I was yeah. like, the worms are doing better than you. And then like, he described, like, the rain would be, like, powder. And I was like, like the, yeah, like, <laughs> oh, man. Like, I'm I, dry thinking about yes. it. I'm, like, I'm just parched. On the, on the uh, uh, at camp, uh, Pastor Tim Moore from X Church came, and he taught one night, and he did an object lesson. <laughs> and this kid, I, it's hard to explain the whole thing for time's sake. But the kid just took a scoop uh, of flour. No, oh, one did. Oh, uh, chocolate powder. Uh, cocoa, cocoa powder. Yeah, cocoa powder. powder. That's right. And like he put it in his mouth, it was so dry, and he went <laughs> like yeah, that. It <laughs> Sorry, just, that was probably super loud. And it just was that poof. So like, funny. Out, that's how like I picture. Like, yes. You're, you're so thirsty. So and you're, like, dry. This powder coming Dust. down. The worst. So um, let let's navigate this just a little bit longer because we're kind of alluding to the next section here right. that we're going to talk about, and, and that's totally fine. But, but this idea that um, there are consequences, this idea that we are going to be uncomfortable in moments when we have walked away or we are not living out of the design mm -hmm. that God has given us, and that uncomfort's a good thing, how do we explore, and, and, and maybe this is just an American thing, maybe understanding why something has happened is important to us, I don't know why, yeah. but... I, and I've heard you explain this before, Pastor Matthew. How do you explore like when God is actively resisting us? How do we how do we understand when when that is something that needs to happen so that we change our um, change our behavior? When it's just the natural consequences of living in a sinful world, and when when maybe even the sin of someone else is impacting uh, suffering is the best word that, that right, I can yeah. think of for it. How do we navigate that? And then how do what's the best way to kind of process through when we experience suffering? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I, I think my perspective of it is when, whenever in my life I'm not experiencing God's blessing, I use it as a season to reflect on mm -hmm. my life. Okay. So there, there's a passage in um, Hebrews, Hebrews 12 where it says, God disciplines those he loves. Like we, we know that we've heard that quoted before. Mm -hmm. he, he disciplines just the same way that a father does. And he goes on the writer of Hebrews and says, basically, if a father doesn't discipline, he doesn't love the children. A loving father disciplines. But in that same passage, there's this like simple little verse in there that says, endure hardship as discipline. So what he's saying is like, basically, if you don't know the reason for the hardship, just assume it's discipline. Mm -hmm. Not so that you have this like, oh, I'm scared of God mentality, mm -hmm. though we should have a healthy fear. But it's what he's saying is just use it as a moment to go, okay, let me take stock in my life. And that's what I do. So like, if I'm not feeling, like Mary's example, if you're not feeling the blessing in your marriage, it's a, it's a good moment to take a step back and go, right. what should we be doing differently? Mm -hmm. So my wife, Mary, we've had to do that numerous times. You know, we just celebrated 21 years of marriage. We, we've had to stop and go, okay, this season feels emotionally dry, doesn't feel blessed. This season, we're, we're, we can just tell we're annoyed with each other. So what, what do we need to do? What conversations do we need to have? Take a step back. Am I loving well? Am I submitting? Is she submitting? You know, those concepts. But I would say the same thing in my finances. Uh, when, I, when I don't feel the blessing of God in my finances, I take a step back, back and I go, what am I doing? Am I undisciplined in my budgeting? Am I not being generous like God wants me to be generous? Am I not mm -hmm. being faithful as God wants me to be faithful? 
and I take stock in it because I don't know. It might mm -hmm. just simply be right. we're in a bad economy, yep. right? Like so, like even right now in this season, I, I'll be transparent. I've, I've mentioned kind of vaguely about this. I went through a season within the last six months where I did not feel the blessing of God financially in my life like I have in these previous seasons. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, granted, during COVID, like the, the government was just giving away money, yeah. so, oh. and we weren't traveling, we weren't spending, so like it was like it felt like prosperity was increasing. But then we had a stretch like vehicles break and different things. And so like, I, I was like, okay, I'm not sensing God's blessing. I know I'm honoring him in tithing and, and offerings. I know I'm being generous like I can. What is it? And I really have felt the, the prick in my heart of like, you need to be more disciplined in your budgeting. That's mm. the problem. Mm. So like, I took a step back and just went, you know what? I'm gonna be more disciplined. Mm. And then I took a step back and go, you know, another reason why that I'm not feeling like, you know, increased blessing gas prices are like triple right, right. and I have I have three drivers me right. Mary now my son and and then I'm looking at other things Mary tells me like all of grocery costs are more so I, I took a step back and I go you know what it's probably not fully like God's discipline on my life but God's saying hey just use it as a moment to get better that's a long answer right. but you guys no, get what I'm saying is like yeah. just to take a step back and just say okay it's possible that I have sinned you know it's like the Job I love the account of Job yeah. where it says his children would have like a basically a multiple day party when they got done he would make sacrifices in case they might have sinned. Yeah. He's like, they might have said in their heart, you know, something that was displeasing to God or done something. So I just want to, just in case. And I think that's what we do. If, if something's not going well, take a step back and go, okay, God, will you show me? Yeah. Show me if yeah. I need to change something. And I, I think that's something that's really important to understand that you have to understand the heart of God as well. Like when it comes mm, to 100%. like discipline and when it comes to, taking that moment to say, I'm not seeing the blessing here. What could it be in my life? You also have to look at it through a lens of like, what's the heart of God? It's to love you. It That discipline sure. comes out of love and it comes out of grace. And like, once you have that thought of like, okay, like I know that God wants me to be blessed. He, does. he wants right. me to be blessed. Okay. How am I going to change those things? Then it's easier to process through taking that next step to then correct yourself. Taking that correction comes a lot easier in our hearts from love than out of like anger or like, mm -hmm. you know, resentment, anything like that. So sure. And I think in my life, I've recognized that there are times that you do have to lean back and rely on like, like you past, said, Pastor Matthew, it might just be that, that the, the, th the thing you're living through right now just creates suffering because there's mm -hmm. nothing that you can do about it. Yeah. Um, like you used in your budget, but the, you're just uncomfortable and you have to lean back and trust that I've searched out God because yep. he's my priority. I've, I've asked him what I need to change. If there's nothing I need to change, then then you have to trust that, that God will sustain you mm -hmm. through that right. season despite feeling like you're dry, like you've not yeah. been blessed in that, that season. And then I would say, this sounds heavy, but I would say the flip of that is, if you know you're not obeying God, you should absolutely assume that is God's discipline. Yes. Right, absolutely. Because that is what he's promised. Yeah. He has promised to discipline. So this is Old Testament that we're looking at, but again, go to Hebrews 12. Yeah. God has promised a discipline. So if, if you're not seeing God's blessing in your finances, and you're not tithing and giving offerings, you should 100% assume that's God's discipline. It's for yeah. sure not his favor, but right. you should assume he's supernaturally resisting because you want to be in a relationship with God, you're inviting this. Mm -hmm. And that's a thing that people need to understand. The weight of this is God saying, like you talked about earlier with grace, all are welcomed in, but if mm -hmm. you're gonna come into this relationship, here's the standard. Right. And so like even in our ser uh, series that we're just beginning on Sunday, looking at the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is going to raise the bar right. in a lot of areas while give the heart of God. But he's, he's saying, this is what God expects. 
but this is also God's heart toward you. Mm-hmm. And so like he's helping us understand better that God's saying there is grace upon grace, but there's also commands upon right. commands and expectations. And our relationship is going to be dependent upon how you respond to these things. Yeah. And, and, and that's not Old Testament law stuff. Like you said, it, it's right. definitely f- filled with um, and, and continues on into the New Testament. For sure. Sorry, I didn't mean to repeat what you just saying there. Oh, but yeah. um, going into verse 45, we are going to kind of cap this idea off here with these verses. This is what it says. All these curses shall come upon you and pursue you and overtake you till you are destroyed because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statues that he commanded you. They shall be a sign and a wonder against you and your offspring forever because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart because of the abundance of all things. Therefore, you shall serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you in hunger and thirst and nakedness and lacking everything. And he will put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. The Lord will bring a nation against you from far, uh, from far away at the end of the end of the earth, swooping down like an eagle, uh, a nation whose language you do not understand, a hard-faced nation who shall not respect the old or show mercy to the young. It shall eat the offspring of your cattle and the fruit of your ground until you are destroyed. It also shall not leave your grain, wine, or oil. The increase of your herds or the young of your flock until they have caused you to perish. They shall besiege you in all your towns until your high and fortified walls in which you trusted come down throughout all of your land. They shall besiege you in all of your towns throughout your, all of your land, which the Lord your God has given you. And you shall eat the fruit of your womb, the flesh of your sons and daughters, whom the Lord your God has given you in the siege and in the distress with which your enemies shall distress you. The man who is most tender and refined among you will begrudge food to his brother, to the wife he embraces, and to the last of his children whom he has left, so that he will not give to any of them any of the flesh of his children whom he is eating, because he has nothing else left in the siege and in distress with which your enemy shall distress you in all your towns. The most tender and refined woman among you, who shall not venture to set the sole of her foot on the ground because she is so delicate and tender, will begrudge to the husband she embraces, to her son and to her daughter, her afterbirth that comes out from between her feet and her children whom she bears because lacking everything, she will eat them secretly in siege and in the distress with which your enemy shall distress you in your towns. If you are not careful to do all of the words of this law that you are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God, then the Lord will bring on you and your offspring extraordinary afflictions, afflictions severe and lasting, the sickness grievous and lasting, and he will bring upon you again all the disease of diseases of Egypt of which you were afraid, and they shall cling to you. Every sickness also and every affliction that is not recorded in the book of the law, the Lord will bring upon you until you are destroyed. Whereas you were as numerous as the stars of heaven, you shall be left few in number because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God. And the Lord took delight in doing good and multiplying you. So the Lord will take delight in bringing ruin upon you and destroying you, and you shall be plucked up plucked off of the land that you were entering to take possession of it. I'm just going to finish it off, and then we'll talk yeah, about all these you're things. You're on a roll, Chris. And the Lord will scatter you among all the peoples from one end of the earth to the other, and there you shall serve other gods of wood and stone, which neither you nor your fathers have known. And among these nations you shall find no respite, and there shall be no resting place for the sole of your foot. But the Lord will give you there a trembling heart and failing eyes and languishing soul. Your life shall hang in doubt before you. Night 
Night and day you shall be in dread and have no assurance of your life. In the morning you shall say, If only it were evening, and at evening you shall say, If it were morning, because of the dread that your heart shall feel and in the sights that your eyes shall see. And the Lord will bring you back in ships to Egypt, a journey that I promised that you would never make again. And there you shall offer uh, yourselves for sale to your enemies as male and female slaves, but there will be no buyer. All right. So I just read a large chunk of scripture. Yeah. And essentially, uh, I want to go back to verse 46, where where all of these things that, that God just uh, kind of lays out for them, and essentially those things are the reversal of of what just what God had just done for them. And I think it's yeah. two part. One, it's the reversal of the blessing. It's the reversal of God bringing them into the promised land and taking them back into slavery. But it also speaks of of something future that will come, mm-hmm. um, and in in the the exile, the destruction of, right. of Jerusalem, and and we'll talk about why I think that here in just a minute. But all of these things are meant to be a sign and a wonder against you and your offspring forever. Right. And the idea that I kind of want to talk about here is why is it important that we remember the negative things of our lives? I think mm-hmm. every single one of us have had moments where we have walked away from God, where we've not mm-hmm. obeyed the yeah. ways of God. And oftentimes we're left to feel shame and guilt for those things. And so I think our natural response is to kind of want to just kind of chew those yeah. things away. And here God is saying, remember those things. Right. Um, how can God use those regrets, those things that we've, we've, those mistakes we've made in the past to help us find future blessing and find future hope? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a critical part of the maturation process is the ability to to know both uh, to learn from both pain and blessing. Yeah, uh, pain and joy is when you do something that you get a good res- a good experience from, a good feeling from. Uh, there's um, healthy things that come from that. Like, there's a part of it where your mind should go, like, I need to keep doing that, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. but there's also I think there has to be equally the part of us that says, like, when when something goes bad, why did that go bad? And I don't ever want to feel that way again. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a mature process. The person who ignore, ignores consequences and keeps doing the same behavior, uh, I mean, we've all seen it. Like, this sounds like a harsh way to word it, but when you view a person like that, to use a biblical term from the Proverbs, that person is a fool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To keep going back and doing the same behavior, having the same negative results, you look at it and think, you have to learn from those things. Right. Like, I, I've used this example before, but when I was in high school, Mary's a year older than me, so she had graduated, we were still dating, and, uh, and I just made bad choices as a senior. And, um, and so as a result, Mary broke up with me. And for the summer months, we were broken up with all the way through the first semester of college. And I, this is not an exaggeration. I, I cannot stress how this wasn't an exaggeration. Every second of every day, I grieved the loss of Mary. I literally did. And when we got back together, that so shaped my heart toward her and my view of her that I was just purpose in my life that, I mean, now that, that was, I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. So now I'll, I'm never gonna do the math, 25 years old, you know, 25 years later now, mm-hmm. I can still remember it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I never wanna do anything to experience that again. I don't wanna hurt Mary. Right. I don't wanna you know, risk our relationship. And so I think the, the matru- maturation process is us going, let's just take uh, an active stock of our lives, what's working, what's not, and then say like, what can we learn from the things that, that aren't? And I think we, as a culture, and, and I'm going to throw myself in there with this, 
we want to move past the part where we feel bad. Right. I, I yeah, think for sure. I, I think our end goal is always I want to feel good all the time. When there are moments that I think should be ingrained in our memory, like like what you had, there, there are moments that I can remember and think back on in my life that still burn the pit of my stomach. Like yeah. like, and when I think about them, I feel all of those emotions that I felt in that 100%, moment 100%. over again. And and and, and it's not that that God is using those things to torture me. And it's not that grace hasn't been applied to those moments and forgiveness hasn't been part of those moments, but those moments shape future behavior for me. Um, I've had it. I've had moments where I've, I've not been the best father and and those moments are embarrassing for me and they create shame for me and they have shaped decisions that Mm -hmm. I've made in the future in that, in that. So um, Mary, can you think of any stories in your life where this has kind of played out for you? Yeah, I mean, when I was a yo- young adult, I was like 19, 20, I had a tough time. I was struggling. I was not following God at all. I think even what we were talking about earlier, like I didn't understand the heart of God. And so I was like rebellious. And the things that I did in that season, I really do look at it because there is shame and guilt. There is like things that I look back and I'm like, what was I thinking? Even morally, that was mm-hmm. wrong. Like these things that you just wear as such a, like that you can hold as so heavily and like yeah. in shame and let it bury you to a point where I actually look at it as the opposite. I wear it as like, I went through this and God was so gracious to me right. that he saw where I was. And when I decided like, all right, Lord, even despite like my confusion about who you are and um, the heart of you, like he was like, I'll teach you. And like the minute that I dove back in, that I pressed back in, he was so gracious to forgive and to teach. And like, so through that season, I almost wear it not as like a badge of honor that I did it, but a badge of honor in the sense of like, I'm forgiven and I'm going to remember these things. I'm going to talk about them to share it with other people that yes, like we fail, but look at what God can do when Mm -hmm. you say, I'm not doing that anymore. And even despite my confusion, I'm going to press in. And I mean that I hope and pray that I never forget that Mm -hmm. through that season. And that's, that's beautiful because when you understand the depths of your own sin, you understand the depths of God's grace because right. mm-hmm. no matter how deep your sin goes, His grace keeps going. Yep. And so, I mean, it's like what Paul said, wherever sin increases, grace abounds all the more. Mm-hmm. And I think about King David, like you, you said, like you, basically it's become a part of your testimony. Yeah. And here's what I'm imagining. You've used that in counsel of other yes. people. Mm-hmm. And King David, when, when his most dramatic sin of adultery and murder, out of that came Psalm 51, yep. right. where he wrote it, gave it to his worship leaders for everyone to sing and to learn. He yeah. used his testimony of sin and failure to be praised toward God. But mm-hmm. in that, he said, like, he remembered it. Like, he had that yeah. emotion, and he's like, mm-hmm. his plea was, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Like, that's that would be the worst. And so, like, that became his cry of his heart of, I experienced that. I don't ever want to experience right. that again. Right. And, and I think, again, that our culture so quickly tries to move toward comfort. Yep. Because we have, we live in the most prosperous nation in the history of nations. Right. And so we move toward comfort that I think at times we need to sit in some of the consequence and some yeah. of the pain and some of the, the negatives and, and not try to explain it away. Like I, I even think there are times as a nation we want to blame the government for mm-hmm. things that are, are quite possibly sure. the, the discipline of God on our nation. So we mm-hmm. look at it and go, well, it's the Democrats, it's the Republicans, it's this group, it's the Supreme Court, it's this law, it's that. And mm-hmm. the reality, 
it's like we're dishonoring God, yep. the mm -hmm. God who moves nations. And in the specifics of this, Chris, I don't know if you're going to get to this or not. This part that you just read was a specific prophecy. This came yeah. to pass because there's a very specific language. This is what happened. Assyria first conquered, but the rest of them, Babylon sieged them, which meant they just encamped mm -hmm. around and it got to the place of cannibalism. It yes. got to the place where they had gone so without. And this is what Jeremiah spoke into. And Jeremiah mm -hmm. said, surrender to them and you will live, resist them and you will die. And they would be exiled yeah. and yeah. they would be exiled for 70 years. But the, the reason why I, I think this should bring comfort to people, this was a specific prophecy. But so here's the prophecy. Assyria is going to come in and, and conquer. And they did. Babylon is going to come in and conquer. And they did. But then also in other places, what God prophesies about is that Persia will come and send them back. And, yeah. and so like if you were to go back in Deuteronomy, I think it's chapter four, uh, four marked it, uh, verse 28, where he says the same language. So like you read this multiple times, Chris, where you mm -hmm. use the language and there will be there you will serve gods of wood and stone. If in, in Deuteronomy four, um, it says that but from that place, if you'll repent, then yeah. God says, I'll bring you back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what I love. Like we, we also know the passage that he spoke to Solomon in Second Chronicles 7, 14. If my people who are called by my name, mm -hmm. if you've been a part of church, that scripture gets quoted every election day. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like this is our chance to repent. And I'm always like, quit tying this to politics. You know, this is about repenting of your sin, guys. But anyway, like that whole passage, God's, the end of it is, if my people will do these things, repent yeah. and turn from their wicked ways, humble themselves, I will hear their prayers, will forgive their sin and heal their land. The prophecies that he's talking about here of destruction are followed up with the prophecies of restoration right. if the people will respond. And so once again, it goes to the heart of our God who says, honestly, the worst thing that can happen is not temporary physical pain here on earth. Mm -hmm. The worst that can happen is that you die without being yeah. in a relationship with God because yeah. that has eternal consequence to it. And so this is a loving father saying, I am willing to do what you would view as harsh and dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. I am doing this so that this will be not just an example for you, but an example for future generations that I love just as much. Because he says this will be a sign to you and your future generations, right. your children. And, and so like we have to understand in our lives, this is a loving God who will do to the extreme what is necessary to get our hearts back. But do you know some of these people, they had this warning and they ignored it. Yeah. They ignored yeah. the words of Jeremiah. And the, all they experienced was discipline and destruction. Others listened and obeyed, and they experienced redemption. Right. And that's, that's the truth you cannot shake. If you want to be blessed by God, it always is through repentance, through obedience, following Him. And He will give grace upon grace, but He will not bless disobedience. Right. And this is the story of the God. I mean, this is the story that the Gospel of John paints Absolutely. at the arrival of Jesus. So um, the, the, you're right. This, this is talking about the exile. The exile... And this besiegement was such a demarcating moment. And, and Israel has a few of them right. that are just like these standout moments that define who they are. Um, the exodus out of Egypt is one of them. The exile is the other. The, the nation had gotten to a place of such wickedness, and they, they rejected God so many times. He's, he, this comes true. Yeah. Um, I, Lamenta Lamentations 4.9 is, is really Jeremiah recounting um, the siege, and he says almost in exact words, he says, Happier were the victims of the sword than the victims of hunger who wasted away, pierced by lack of the fruits of the field. The hands yeah. of compassionate women have boiled their own children. Mm -hmm. They became their food during the destruction of the daughter of my people. Yeah. And, and so devastating. It's devastating stuff. And God 
memorializes. I mean, you get all the prophets are around this time period of the exile. Um, you, you see Psalms where they're writing about this, this time, and it becomes a central focus point for Israel so that they can remember, so that they remember and learn. And, and, yeah. and, learn. and, and so you see, I know it says that, that things get quiet from no prophets from God, but you even see in the writings that there are some writings that happen in between the, the end of Malachi and the New Testament. You get this intertestament, intertestamental period where um, you see it kind of wrap up at the end of Ezra where they come back and they, they celebrate the building of the temple and they lament it because they remember it's not what, it's not what it, it's once, not was, what it yeah. once was. And you get all of this literature that kind of follows this time period where they are trying to learn and trying to grow and trying to change um, who they are as a people so that they can res- be restored and be right. re- made right in the promised land. So when Jesus walks on the scene, and, and sorry for talking so long on this, but well, when good, Jesus man. walks on the scene and, and, and he's introduced in John, Jesus comes and he says, look, he says, like you, you are living out of this mindset of the exile. The restoration has arrived. Mm-hmm. I'm here. Now, if you would believe and obey me, God right. will restore what he's always meant to give you. Right. So, and, and this it, is, yeah, that's very good. I love, I love that imagery. This is the tension of Israel even then, though, yes. is they longed to get to a place of restoration that still fell short of what God actually had for them. That's why mm-hmm. they missed yeah. Jesus. So in their minds, they're like, okay, yeah, we need to obey so that we can get, so that we conquer Rome, right. that, we, that this Messiah is going to come and be a military king, and now we're going to have physical prosperity, financial pro- prosperity, we're going to have power. And you're right, Jesus comes and goes, no, it's, it's even better than that. Yeah. And, and that's what they always were missing is the ultimate gift from God is God. Yeah. It, 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 so mm-hmm. the blessing of God is a secondary gift. The, right. the, the, the blessings of God in the sense of like anything that's physical, but the relationship with God is always the primary gift. And that's 100%. what Jesus provided yeah. for all of us so that we all have a pathway back to him in relationship. And then from that relationship, obedience should flow. Absolutely. Good. Yeah. And, and, and the, What's another unique piece of this, and I, I don't mean to st- steal off of what you just said because that was so powerful, mm-hmm. but they lived in fear and they created rules around rules because they were so afraid of, of exile, right. of, of, of this continuing. It, it blinded them. Their, their hearts may, may have been good, but what it did was it led them to, to completely and entirely miss mm-hmm. the, the blessing that, right. that Jesus was to and, them. And so think about it from the perspective of God. God in heaven, so in the Old Testament, and what will happen when he exiles the, first he destroys the ten northern tribes, exiles the two southern tribes. The heart of God had to grieve that, that because that's how God is, sure. right? So God grieves it. Then you see the other account when God is in the flesh in Jesus, and Jesus weeps over Jerusalem. Sure. Like he, he stands there, he looks over the city. And, and when I was in uh, Israel a few years ago, we came to a part where you could see over the entire city and one of our guides just mentioned like this idea you can see all of jerusalem from this spot and it it could be where jesus stood looking over it and it said he wept because they missed the opportunity of what was available Mm -hmm. to them and again i i feel like but what were they missing a relationship with god that's what they were missing and and that's the part that i would hate i would hate to miss that in my life I, I, i grieve just the thought of that that there's something in my life that would cause me to miss something else 
good that God wants me to experience, you know, sure. and, and, and the, the people after me. Like, I, I want my life to be such that it's not, I don't want, I'll say it this way, I don't want my life to be like a shipwreck that's a warning to other yeah. ships, right? <laughs> like, I want my life to be, like, it, it's such a way where people look at it and they go, like, really the salt and the light, where they look right. at it and yeah. they go, like, oh, that's a better way. That's yeah. a better way to live. And, yeah. and I, I had a, a pastor years ago, he was a good friend of my dad's, uh, who said, he goes, you've heard this saying, you know, wise people learn from experience. He goes, man, fools learn from experience. He's like, look at other people's lives and don't make the same mistakes right. as them. You shouldn't right. have to experience everything right. yourself. And I think that's the heart of this is being willing to look at our lives, to look at other people's lives and go, where is God? What is God doing? What has God commanded? Absolutely. Well, uh, that, that wraps us up for today. Mary, um, thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Uh, anything else that, that God's put on your heart or you got thoughts yeah, on? Yeah, you want to just talk about like your view on eschatology? <laughs> like are you pre-trip, pre-rap, post-trip? You know, you know mm-hmm. not at all. I, <laughs> no, I, te- I teased Mary before this started. I said I was just going to start pulling out the most random, yep. bizarre theological questions just as a joke because yep. I don't even know what those things are. I actually had to write them down in my notes. Stop because, it right yeah, now. Because I was like, I know what eschatology, the concept is, but I was like, I, I couldn't remember all the different ones, pre-trip, pre-rap. Pre-trip, <laughs> yeah. so. He said that, and I said, be careful, because you know I will. Yeah, it's just fully <laughs> embracing I, it. Well, I'll come in with another can. hot take yeah. <laughs> coming in hot. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you again so much for joining us. Matthew, thank you again, Absolutely. as always. Well, great yeah. stuff. And, and thank you for joining us in this conversation. Pray it's a blessing for your life, and hope we'll see you again next week. Thanks so much for joining us for our conversation today. If, if I could be an encouragement in any way as to the challenge that we kind of put before you today, if you're going through a, a season of your life where you just feel like you're struggling, you feel like the, the, the blessing of God is not on your life, what I would encourage you to do is to do what Pastor Matthew said. Take some time this week coming up and just take stock and reflect and seek God with uh, the, the situations that you're in. And see if he doesn't speak to you and give you some very practical things that you can do um, to change the circumstances and, and to, to better align yourself uh, in your relationship with God. And, and if, if it is of something that, that he's speaking to you, do it. And that is the best way, again, to, to find yourself in the promises of God's blessing. So thank you so much for joining us. I pray that this has been a beneficial tool in your Bible study method. If you have friends that are looking to um, they're looking to grow in their understanding of God's word, I pray that, that you would share this uh, Bible study with them and, and that it would be helpful to them as well. So thank you again for joining us, and I pray that you will join us again next week.